Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me to talk Rockets is co-host of the Braddo and Will show. We got the will because if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. Uh, hey, man, we've chatted <laughs> a lot in Rocket spaces, but great to finally see you in person, Will. Yeah, I'm glad to finally be on the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, not sure I've ever asked you this, but when did you fall in love with the Rockets? What what got you into them? Uh, being a basketball fan from Houston, that was that was really just what it was for me. I didn't when I was young, I didn't really have like a favorite team. I had a bunch of favorite players. And then when I got a little older, maybe like middle school, high school age, I was like, oh, well, like I'm from Houston, so I'm going to pick the Rockets. <laughs> and I just stuck with them ever since. And that's, that's kind of how it is. Man, so much to hit. Jalen's looking like he had his bar mitzvah all of a sudden and is becoming yeah. a man. And then Steven Adams is bringing his Adams Apple man game to Houston, but slightly lost in the shuffle the last two weeks. I'm in Thompson. I mean, Will, yep. his game is growing by leaps and bounds on the nightly. Did you see him? start to do the Russell Westbrook drives against the Raptors Friday night? Because that's the kind of stuff that you knew he had to do to really become that guy without the jump shot right now. I wasn't a men guy um, the moment they say we got four. That was the guy who I was like, yeah, if obviously I wanted Wimby, I wanted Scoot. But, you know, when those two guys weren't uh, on the board for us anymore, I was like, all right, we can kind of do this next thing. I had a men as the third best player in that class probably the whole time. And I had him like right below Scoot. There wasn't like a huge gap between those two for me. So. Uh, yeah, I want him the whole time, and I think we're starting to see more of, of you know, those flashes we saw from him in, in OT. Why I had him so high is like, uh, like you said yesterday, he was. I think that was the most aggressive I've seen him in look all season. He was attacking the rim, and not only was he attacking it, but he was finishing. We've seen him a lot of times this season. He'll sometimes get there, but then he'll lose the handle, or uh, he'll go up to finish it and kind of stiff arm it. Some, you know, something happens he doesn't finish. But like yesterday, he was hitting the, the little euros and you know up and unders. He was hitting, putting some English on the ball. Uh, it was going, it was looking really like John Morant-esque with how he was getting to the rim. And then we also saw, you know, his court vision was on display. He had a lot of just great passes. He's making really good passes all season long. That, you know, there's not that many guys in the league who are capable of making. And I think his defense has also been uh, really, really underrated. I think a lot of people outside of Houston haven't, like, who aren't watching the Rockets haven't peaked how good uh, his defense has been. I think he's a legit positive defender as a rookie. And I, you know, that's there's not that many rookie players, let alone rookie point guards, who can say that. And we saw that yesterday, too. He had, some, he had a block. I think he had two steals. So, yeah, he's just, he's just all around for me. Uh, like you said, the jumper obviously is a it's a work in progress. That's something that's not to come along, but we know he's a hard worker. We know he stays in the gym. I'm not really concerned with it. The defense more than legit. I, I feel like he's not that far behind Dylan Brooks and give him a few weeks as quickly as he picks things up. I mean, he's going to be our best defensive player within a year or maybe sooner than that, just because not only is what he's doing on the ball, but help side. And it looks like he's a little bit better at not committing technical fouls like Dylan does. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 the um of the two twins. I think they said was or he his, the one. His brother you know, was the one that was supposed to be the better defensive player, but I mean they they both looked incredible so far. No, I know, but they said that one of them was more mild mannered, and I want to say Amin was not. I want to say they said Amin was the troublemaker of the two. You know, yeah. he, he's a little he's a little mild mannered, but I guess apparently compared to his twin, he's the, he's the troublemaker. Yeah, well, he's supposed to be the leader because, you know, he's been more on ball than, than his yeah. brother. But just, uh, you know, I can't be more excited about that. And I, I love uh, Van Vliet. But after being in pure panic mode, if he went down with an injury right now, I'm wondering if Ahmed might not steal the starter job if Van Vliet goes out for a couple of months. And, well, I try not to overreact, but the ceiling raises with Ahmed because of the defense and the rebounding. And it's stuff that just Fred physically can't do. Can't do. And, I mean, he also um, – one thing that I think Ahmed does a really, really good job of uh, matter of fact, I think he does this better than anybody on the team. I think he's the best cutter on the team. I think he's the best at like identifying space and then filling in that space. 
Uh, and we saw it like that yesterday, especially with Shingo. I think that that game kind of complicated the further, kind of like KJ Martin in the past did. Uh, I think Amin is able to, you know, to find that that empty space, get there. And then we know Shingo's uh, capable of, of recognizing that and getting the ball to that guy. We got like two or three uh, like easy dunks off of that last night. And so, yeah, I think his game um, just opens up a lot of things. No, no disrespect to Fred, but I think he's done a, a good job at at being the point guard and like the stabilizer of our of our team this season. I think he's um, we'd be we'd, we'd have a lot less wins if we didn't have Fred. But I agree. I think that there. I think sooner than later, uh, Fred will will have some real competition for that point guard spot. And like I said, I think there's a lot of things such as the cutting. I think there's a lot of passes that for uh, that a men can make that Fred can't make because you know he's. Uh, men's more athletic he's taller so I, I think that just the day that a man is ready that's the day we're like okay this team can start really taking some 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 leaps you know oh, yeah. behind you know Jalen Cantari and uh, Shingo Mario. yeah yeah you talk about the cutting and I just look it's not only on men recently we're seeing it with Cam you're seeing it with Jabari last year everybody was just you know it was a big deal it was like a revelation everybody was having a birthday party because KJ Martin knew how to cut to the basket but it's yeah. like no everybody can do that and what's interesting if you look at the stats Will is we're scoring 130 a couple of these recent games and we're doing it without the three pointer because we're getting it done in the paint. And that's how you get it done in the paint. You cut to the basket, especially when you got a guy like Shangu. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's, he's someone who can probably make every pass in the book himself. I, I'm not really sure how, how many passes there are that Shangu can't make. Um, but the, the pass that like when he first got to the Rockets that he was known for, was that chemistry he had with KJ Martin in the second unit where he would find him cutting. Um, and early in the season, we didn't really replace that when, you know, Cam was in a G League and a men, you know, he started the season in rotation, but he wouldn't get that many minutes and he got hurt, got sick. So we missed him for like a month and a half or something like that. And so there really wasn't that many guys who were, you know, cutting off him. I think Jalen kind of started trying to do it. We started seeing that two-man game kind of develop a little bit recently, but he's doing more giving goes than um like actual cuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, I don't, you know, Cam I Cam is back and he's definitely somebody who's also picking up on that. I I I kind of just looking at Cam's game. I thought he would him and Shingo were always gonna mesh really, really well. I think we're starting to see that as well. All right. As I know, everybody out there has heard by now, the Rockets traded three second round picks for Steven Adams. Now, Adams won't play till next year. Not sure the Rockets have enough draft picks or player ammo to get a real big, you know, it's like a big, big impact guy. In other words, a big, big. But, Will, we know Udoka's excited to get an impact enforcer inside for next year. What was your reaction to the Steven Adams deal? At first, I was a little confused because I'm like, yeah, this guy is not going to play. Um, you know, and I, I thought, you know, we, we saw the uh, the Kelly Eco article they listed names like Clint Capella, Kelly Olenek. Who was the other? It was two other names on the Andre Drummond. It was some uh, Robert Williams, who, who's also hurt. It was those were the four names that Eco had mentioned. So I'm thinking, all right, we're probably gonna get one of these guys, and you know, three of those guys are really good names. Drummond, e, uh, Olenek, and Capella are really solid names who can come help us this year because I think that there, like there was, there's a glaring hole in this roster. Or there's two, and one of those is we don't. Jock Landell isn't an NBA player. And I, we talked about it yesterday. I don't even think Boban should be on the roster. Um, so you know, there's a there's a there's a backup center deficit, and so when I saw we had Adams, I'm like, ah, right, well. He's good, but he doesn't solve that problem. And I am I am just a little bit concerned um, with his with his knee health, right? Because he's, he's getting up there in age, and this is now like two consecutive seasons where he's missed either all or the vast majority of a season due to a knee injury, and those start kind of piling up the older you get. But if he comes back and he's healthy next year, and like you know, there's no you know knee knee, knee concerns moving forward, I think it's a great trade. Um, you get a, a real enforcer. You know, Dylan Brooks is an enforcer too, but you get you get another one. You get another enforcer on this team. You know, he's somebody who. Uh, we've seen what he's done for other teams in terms of, you know, coming in and, and being a force on the court for his team, but also being a voice of reason locker room. I believe he was the one who was leading the um, the team-led meetings in Memphis when, you know, things were not going so well for him. I think he was the guy responsible for kind of organizing those meetings. But on the court as well, he does a lot of the things that you want a backup center to do. He's, he's not the world's best rep protector, right? But he's able to deter shots. He, he grabs rebounds. He sets really, really hard screens. I think he might be the best screen setter in the entire NBA. And we, we saw what, that's, what that did for uh, Russell Westbrook and OKC um, and John Morant in Memphis. So 
you got a Min Thompson, you got Jalen Green. Like I can, I, I know those screens are going to really help those guys game. So I, I think all, you know, all things considered, I think it's a, it's a great trait if he's healthy. I just don't know if he's going to be, and you know, maybe it's because I'm out of doctor. So yeah, it's a, a year and a half or so that he'll have not played, but at the same time, it's an expiring contract as soon as next year yeah. starts. So you can use that the same way you did with Oladipo in the off season. If there's any question about him coming back or maybe in the middle of the season, but at the same time, well, he, he, he jumps about as high as a phone book. So I, I'm not worried about the knees as far as his ability to jump. If he can get around there and just uh, move around and stuff and throw his big body around. And you mentioned the screen game. You know, he's not a vertical or perimeter threat. Do you think he plays well with Shingoon? How is that going to work? you think they can play together? I don't, I don't think him and Shingoon are going to do too well in the court together. Um, I think the idea is that he's just kind of, especially because he is getting up there in age, that he plays the minutes just when Shingo's not out there, which I think is I think it's good for him. Um, you know, and then maybe Shingo gets in foul trouble or goes down with you know, a couple of games we have. We have an actual body who can kind of step in. I wouldn't play them too much together just because I don't think that, like you said, I think he has the lateral quickness. And I don't think Shingo does. No disrespect to either player, but I don't think they both had the lateral quickness to uh for one of them to guard the paint and then one of them kind of be on the perimeter. Um and I know you don't could kind of wanted to emulate that Al Horford and Robert Williams thing that he had going on in, in Boston. But Horford is surprisingly really good on the perimeter uh, against like taller and stronger players. Like we saw that guy do pretty good job kind of one-on-one with Giannis in the playoffs that, that same season. And then Robert Williams is just super athletic. So he's kind of able to rotate over. I don't think that really describes uh, Shingo and, and Stephen Adams. So I don't think I wouldn't play them too much together if it was up to me, but uh, I still think they can coexist in like the sense of the, as long as one's always on the court, we have a really good like center presence out there. One of the things you and I have discussed is, and we both, you know, thought of this was the idea that with Boban or just somebody on that back of the roster that they might figure out a way to get them off the roster. I don't know if they can just trade them into somebody else's space, maybe get another team just to take them on for the rest of the year. And then you could then sign Biombo. And I'm really yep. surprised that, you know, Biombo is just kind of sitting out there because Memphis, they didn't sign him till right before the season started, but they put $6 million into him, I think was their contract that, that he had with them. I don't know if it was uh, fully guaranteed, but to me, the thing with uh, the Rockets is, you know, it just I, I, it just drives me crazy. And I think it drives a lot of people crazy that Boban's taken up a roster spot. And as much as you love the guy personally, you know, if you love him that much, you know, find a spot in the coaching staff for him. But it, <laughs> it wasn't like you needed to have a guy to be the mascot or something like that yeah. just to get fans excited for the, you know, two or three minutes of trash time occasionally that he gets to play. I, I agree. Um, I don't like. I said, I don't. I don't hate Boban. I, I think that he. Well, it's he, not, no, it's nothing personal. It's yeah, nothing like, personal. You're, you're trying to win games. You know? Yeah, but it's just that. Like I, and I mean, I. If you want to keep Boban, I'm okay with letting go of Reggie Bullock. I don't really think he's done anything worth keeping around for us. I, I'd cut him. And, and but I agree 100. If if, uh, if if we're saying we're gonna, because I don't think they're gonna trade it for another center. Like you said, I think I think that the help at the backup center position is Steven Adams. We're going to play it to next year. I think if they wanted like a cheap cost like won't cost you anything kind of fix the solution right now i would i would waive you know boban or probably probably I'd probably well, he's probably more expendable than boban at this point get rid of him and i go pick up Bismarck Biombos, or maybe you know what the trade deadline's coming up next week maybe we see a trade where they package both tate and landau together and we get one player back and that opens a roster spot like who knows yeah and i, I just feel like with tate if they're sending him to somebody that you know is is trying to sell off maybe uh, that that team has already got something set where they can get some picks for Tate back from one of the contenders like Phoenix or Boston or somebody that might actually need him. But I mean, it, and Tate's, it's not that I hate having Tate around. I just feel like it's it's more and more like you don't need him. And if you can get something for Tate and, and either replace him on the roster or get some of that trade capital, some of the second round picks that you've lost, 
over the last few months with all the, you know, they've traded a billion second round picks. It would be nice to get some of that capital back. I don't know what it means. It's like toilet paper. What, what do these second round picks mean anymore? I don't know, Will. Yeah, we traded a lot because we got, yeah, goodness. I don't think about because we traded a lot. Yeah, just we to get those guys the off the roster. For the, Rick, guys. Yep. Yeah, for the Brook Lopez deal. They were trying to yeah, get, we got, they had it. And, and I'm trying to remember they they also had to get rid of uh, ones for the Porter to get him off the roster. As well. So there was just, yeah, they gave up, a, they've given up a lot of second round picks. And, you know, the other, Part of the trade stuff that's happening this week and you know there's just a few days left so there might be more of this stuff coming but we heard reports the rockets were talking to the nets about mikhail bridges and they would have used those nets picks uh for him and you said on your show that you thought it was jalen and and the nets picks until i see a report that spells out that i don't buy jalen was offered up now maybe the brooklyn had asked for him but i'm i don't know if i'm buying that jalen was just offered up point blank and maybe you know with all that you know i, I just got a hard time believing that i don't know i don't just think stone would do that do you no, I, I think a lot of the reports that came out last week saying that uh, we don't view Jalen as a centerpiece and we'd be willing to trade him for, you know, and the picks back from Mikael Bridges. I think a lot of that is coming from the Brooklyn Nets camp side of things. Cause we've also saw reports last week that they declined first round picks for like Dorian Finney-Smith. And I'm like, if you're looking to move that guy, I don't think you're going to get anything better than that. So I think they're putting out a lot of stuff out there to kind of uh, inflate the value of their assets. And one of those things is saying the Rockets were willing to trade Jalen Green for him. I, I think that the Rockets do have a level of interest in Mikael Bridges. And I, I think if the price was right, I think they would trade him. I think the Nets kind of don't want to trade Mikael. I don't think they want to go through that rebuild. If I was a betting man, I'd bet that he's probably not going to be a Rocket next week. I think he's probably going to finish, at least going to the offseason as a Brooklyn Net. But, I mean, if the price was right, I, I'd do it. I, I'm just not super, like, obviously I'm not trading Jalen for him. And I don't think we should give up the rest of the Brooklyn Nets picks for him. But um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, would I, would I love him in Houston? Yes. But am I, like, we need to get this guy. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay if we stay pat. Yeah, the thing about him is, and I don't know anybody that's not a fan of his game. Can play three different positions, plug and play guy. His contract's incredible for a super high end two way role player. And I'm, I just don't know. I, I'm not a fan because, and I'm torn on it because, you know, you've got a couple different guys that do the exact same thing. You've got Tari Eason and Dylan Brooks, so he's not offering something different. But, you know, if you add him, if, you know, for nothing and he's replacing, you know, a Jay Sean Tate on the roster, well, that's a big deal. It's like yeah. you, you really upgraded and, you know, all the fans just look at, well, you know, who the starters are or, you know, they, they think, well, you got it. You always got enough guys. But, you know, we see injuries all the time. And, it's, you know, you need to be nine, ten deep with with as many games as they're playing. I mean, with we know load management and all that sort of stuff. So for me, that part matters. It's just, you know, it's it's how you want to spend that particular capital and trust me i'm somebody that feels like hey the nets picks they're they, they drop in value as, as soon as it's like a used car as soon as it gets off the lot you know that value is going to be over with so you, you need to do something with it pretty quick i think the nets are uh, i mean so they're already about to give us uh, i believe a top eight pick this year i think a report came out either last night day before that something like that that like says they're probably not going to do too much in the department of improving the roster this season. I think they're going to be more sellers at the deadline. So I think they are going to continue to be like, I think we're going to get a really good pick for them this year. And then like, yeah, the future is kind of uncertain uh, moving forward because they do have all those picks from like the, uh, they have the, you know, the, the Sixers picks from the James Harden trade. They have uh, the Suns picks from the KD trade and some other picks they got at their disposal. So they have the assets to kind of shake some things up, but I don't know. I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it with them. Um, I think, I think that they are, you know, they're probably going to be a, cause I think the East is also getting better. So I, I think that they're going to be, uh, kind of where they are right now, maybe give or take a couple, two, two spots, two, three spots. Um, but I, I don't think they're ever going to be anything serious in the in the East so long as Mikael Bridges is their best basketball player. Yeah, sometimes as Rockets fans, you know, people dilute themselves. And, you know, I hear a lot on social media, Will, 
hey, uh, what are we going to do with all everybody's going to be an all star? We got to pay everybody the super max. And I'm like, well, hold on just a second. Let's yeah. see. You know, there's only a couple of these guys that, you know, buy NBA stuff is usually the odds are just that they're going to become a superstar. But I will say this much with the first round picks, you might want to just hold on to them for this because you can get role players, high end role players for those first round picks down the road. And it's looking more and more like there's two or three of these guys that really could. We already know Shangoon, uh, Cam Whitmore is a definite possibility. Jalen's on the fence and, and Ahmed Thompson. So you would think between all four of those guys, and I'm, I'm not dis discounting Jabari, but, you know, just like what we're seeing, the flashes right now, of those guys, I would say those are the four guys most likely. And what, what's going to happen is you're going to lose Van Vliet in, in a year because you're, you're not, you know, you're not taking him up on that option year. So then you've got to start you got to start adding bench players back in because, you know, those are only six guys, right? <laughs> These, the young guys. So you're going to need guys. And of course, you know, you, you should have Dylan uh, probably, but um, you, you're going to need those type of guys and first round picks get those type of players. And, you know, even though it's, you know, right now you could package them and maybe get some, some a bigger fish, potentially you can have that hope, you know, there's a, it's real hard. It's hard to make that deal work. And, you know, I think that's, that's, that's where you might want to use those first round picks down the road. And like you said, uh, Fred is probably not going to be – I don't think he's going to be starting point guard for this team. We talked about earlier with the men. I don't think he's starting point guard for this team real long. I think there's a scenario where we decline that third-year team option and then renegotiate a cheaper long-term contract because I, I, I would be very shocked if Fred gets another large contract from another team. I don't I don't think he – especially in – that's going to be, what, two years from now where he's he's kind of already getting up there in age. His knees are already, you know, they was kind of uh, ailing him last season. So I don't, I don't think he's going to get a super-duper long, lucrative contract. So I, yeah, I think there's a world we, we could decline that and renegotiate them. But I agree wholeheartedly. Like I, I don't really want to sell off all of those Brooklyn Nets picks right now, especially if it's for Mikael Bridges. Like if it was for, um, like I said, no disrespect to him, he's a good basketball player. But I agree, I think we have guys on this roster who can already do sixty to seventy percent of what he does, and you know, they're cheaper already on the on the roster. Um, if it was for like a a bigger bigger fish, and it was just like we're getting rid of expirings, absolutely, I'd probably do it then. But uh, I don't know, not not for Mikael. Yeah. And I think, you know, Udoka likes Dylan's culture, but you know, the other way I could see it happen is like, okay, you trade for McHale, you send Dylan off somewhere else because their salaries are pretty close actually. Yeah. And then that, that team sends some more compensation to the Nets kind of cool. and, and you upgrade, you know, from Dylan to Bridges, which I think is an upgrade. So, you know, that's that, but you know, I just don't, I think he I likes Dylan. Yeah. They like Dylan. I yeah. Get rid of him. yeah. He likes and, and he, Dylan's also like, um, I think you touched on it earlier. Dylan's on a really good contract, like which is kind of crazy because if you would have asked me that question over the summer, I would be like, I don't like that contract. But after watching him kind of reinvent himself in Houston, I think that's been a, um, like I think he's on one of the the best contracts in the league. I think it's what like 20, 22 million for four years, something like that. So yeah, I just love his shots a lot. It's way better than yeah, it was in Memphis. Good. Yeah, and he's 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 really bought in. There are times where I'm like, okay, Dylan, there's a better shot. But I think if like if I only have to say that he's like once or twice a game and then, you know, for the rest of the game, he's just playing really well. I think his defense has taken a little bit of a hit just because I think he's a, I've been a little bit gassed, a little tired. But other than that, man, like his I, last time I checked, he was shooting like 39% from three, something like that on like five attempts. So he's been shooting really well that he's, he's bought in. I don't really feel like he's forcing the issue like he did in Memphis. Um, and I know he's been a really great mentor and, and locker room voice for the, for the young guys, especially guys like Tari and Jabari. So I, I didn't like the signing when it happened. I love it now. Yeah, a couple of technical fouls though. I think. Yeah, he got out of text though. I think he yeah. leaves the league. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 going to get suspended after yeah, the does. next couple of them. So, you know, and then you get. I think it's every two after that you get a suspension. So that's, you know, that's the real frustrating. And that you don't want to have him suspended if you're going down the stretch trying yeah. to, trying to make the play. And um, I want to ask you about Jalen, but just a quick reminder to everybody watching: tell us what you think about the trade and the rumors in the comments. Love to hear from you. And if you're new to the show, 
We're in our 11th year, over 1,400 podcast episodes, 300 guests, plenty of classic shows with former Rockets, Astros, Texans, Cougs, and Oiler players, media, all that stuff. Go go in that. Check out the history playlist. It's worth a look. But uh, let's finish off, Will, with Jalen. And how much do you trust what you're seeing from him right now? I'm still cautious with it um, just because there's a larger sample size of of him not being the player that we've seen him be these last, was it six games now? But this is probably the most solid six game sample size we've had of Jalen Green's career outside of like that stretch to end his rookie season where like teams were really trying and Jalen was just dropping like 30 every day. I think like outside of that, that stretch, I think this has probably been the most consistent stretch of basketball in his career. And what he is doing, you, you like we've seen in the past when Jalen Green would score a bunch and, you know, get hot and then go cold the very next night. The reason he was scoring much is because he was just shooting a bunch of threes and he was making a bunch of threes. Last night he was 0-4 from three, which obviously isn't good, but he was 7-14 from the field. That's because he was getting to the rim, finishing, finishing through contact. Um, he, he's not losing the handle as much anymore. He's he's able to go up strong now. He's able to finish through and around contact now. it's I don't know what happened. It's like all of a sudden he just figured out how to finish at an NBA level. I don't, I don't really get it. And, you know, he, even his mid-range is uh, the in-between area. That's been pretty solid, too. He's been making those. Uh, I think his shot selection looks a lot better. Um, he's made some really great passes. He's just been a different player, and it's it's kind of crazy. It's like just all of a sudden he flipped the switch, and he's just completely different. So like I said, I'm a little cautious with it because I don't want to completely overreact to a small sample size. But I, I do think it's very encouraging. And if he's able to keep this up and keep it going for the rest of the year, I mean, I think I'll be 100% like, okay, well, this is just two years. Is it 80% now he's been finishing at the rim in these last few games? Is that right? I'm like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really high. Like he's he's not he's not missing there no more, uh, which like before, you know, not to chalk on him, but I remember we, we was watching early season. He would just miss point like layups sometimes. And it's just like all of a sudden now we, he's making the easy ones. He's making the, the hard ones where he's having to go up and under and adjust midair. Like he's like, so I don't get it. He just flipped the switch and all of a sudden he's able to do the things he wasn't able to do earlier. I think you and I were talking on one of the spaces about the play-in game. And I just, I was down on it. This was a couple of weeks ago, Yeah. but all of a sudden I, I got to be honest with you. I, I couldn't have foreseen this. All of a sudden Jalen's playing like, you know, a new guy. And then you, you get what you're getting from Whitmore and Amen and those guys coming on. It's like, because what the Rockets didn't have is like, who's going to pick up the slack if Shane Goon's having an off night, you know, if he, yeah. and he still has his off nights. I mean, I think that's the next level for him. He just can't have those off nights. And when he has the off nights, it seems like it's on both ends of the court. It's not just on the offensive end, yeah. but but I tell you, I mean, I, I you know, they, they, they're starting to convert me with what they're doing right now. And obviously they're right there, you know, with the jazz and, you know, it's just, I think that it, it could be a fight with the jazz, but you know, the Lakers, who knows? I mean, the Lakers seem to be um, sort of all, you know, discombobulated and I, you know, it's, yeah, they, there's a definite shot now they're playing for sure. And I, I felt like it was slipping away for that month stretch there. I think a lot of people were getting a little concerned with the playing because we were playing a lot of really good teams back to back. Like we played Boston, twice in like a week we played who was other two? we played we played philadelphia we played um, well it was also that they you know got lucky bar barely beating the pistons one time yeah and then, yeah that was there was also the, that that very bad pistons game that was we should we didn't even win the game the pistons just lost that one uh, the portland game was a terrible loss you know just yeah. stuff like that yeah i mean but like for me it was just like i knew that there were easier games coming we were losing to really good teams we didn't have tari eason and that's somebody who i think we all rockets fans know he's been um, a lifesaver for us this season. I believe we're, we're actually having an above 500 record when he plays, which is kind of insane. So yeah, like when he's he's supposed to be coming back. I believe they say he might be back next week, or if not next week, probably shortly after that. Um, so we'll probably have him at pretty much the entirety of the post All Star break stretch. There's more than likely another trade coming. I don't think we're gonna get another big, but I think they will probably make a move for some other playable body 
I don't think Jay Sean Tate and Jock Landale are going to be on this roster much longer. So we're probably going to flip those two guys, maybe some other second round picks and, and pick up somebody else. And then, like you said, Jalen Green, I think he was one of the biggest things that was holding us back this season was just you didn't know what you're going to get from him on a night to night basis on both ends of the court. And so if he's now going from like a net negative to a legit positive, he's just on it. Cam Whitmore is really good at basketball and he's only 19 years old. Um, Amin Thompson, same thing. He's a rookie and he's already shown like when he gets minutes, he's showing us that he can really, really impact the game on both ends of the court. Uh, so now you got two, you got two more guys who are playable bodies. You got your starting shooting guard back. You're going to bring in somebody else. You're going to bring in Tari Eason back. Schedule starts getting a little bit easier. I think that the the Jazz might start selling the trade deadline. That take them out. You know, you know, you know, you know what, the, what the Lakers are going to do. Um, but yeah, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that we'll at least be the 10 seed. I, I think we're going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah, you and I were talking rebounding with Steven Adams, but let's not forget you haven't had Tari Eason to rebound the last uh, month. You haven't had uh, Cam and Amen both out there on the court as much as they are. And those guys rack up some boards and, and they're athletes. And if Cam and Amen are playing and say Van Vliet is not playing, who doesn't get rebounds, then that's a drastic difference of what you can do on the boards with all those guys. And then, you know, also it wasn't that long, but they, they didn't have Jabari and his rebounding for about a week yeah. or a week and a half or something like that. So, I mean, you know, all that stuff matters. I mean, I just count rebounds in defense and that's how defense starts to struggle is not only are you not getting stops, but you're not getting rebounds either. And so, like you said, just when you add all that back into the mix, because uh, I think the Jazz are probably going to, I think they're going to trade Kelly Olenek. If I was them, I'd move Jordan Clarkson. So I'd, I'd start uh, recouping, or not even recouping, they have a bunch of assets, but I'd, I'd add even more assets to what they got with the guys they had. Because I don't, I don't think they're necessarily going anywhere this season. And uh, I think they're going to try to kind of position themselves to build around Lloyd Market in long term. So um, I would, if I was in that front office, I would start kind of looking to sell off some of the the guys who won't be here long term, who have some value. And so that's probably going to kind of hit their win column. Um, and we're we're kind of looking like we're trending on the upward. I don't like to, I don't want to react to small sample sizes, but Jalen Green starting to look good. We're starting to look a lot better. Tari's coming back. Like I, I think that we're going to finish that 10 seed. I'd I'd put some money on it. Yeah, I just want to see with Utah because for two straight years to be, you be on the you know play in borderline and say we're going to pull the plug two straight years to the yeah, fan base. Right. I, I, I don't know. And what are you getting for, you know, you're getting second round picks for Kelly Olenek at best, I would assume. And yeah. maybe Clarkson gives you a late first, but it just depends on what Danny Ainge, I, I can never get into his head because he, <laughs> he, he sort of thinks differently. But uh, hey, remind everybody how to find you and and all your content. I know you guys have a new project as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Bias Houston. Um, I run the Brad Owen Will Show, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, and where you get your podcast, you can check it out over there. Um, and then like uh, Robert just said, the new thing we're trying is we have a, a playback room. Uh, it's on playback.tv. It's on mobile. It's on uh, browser. It's a new thing. Uh, if you go to the, the website, go to the app and type in Houston Live, you'll find the room. Um, but usually on game days with Houston Rockets are there. If you just open that, you'll probably see it. It's, 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 it's really fun. Uh, people really enjoy it. So, yeah, that's really where you can find me. That's all I'm doing these days. That sounds awesome, man. Great to have you on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk pretty soon next week or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.